good afternoon, Commander Peyton. We want to thank you for joining the Nurse Blind Spot podcast. And if you could introduce yourself to us um, and just let the listeners know who you are, and we'll get started. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me to this wonderful occasion. I love the concept of shedding light in, um, on the blind spot. So that's beautiful. First of all, my name is um, Tanya, well, Commander Tanya Cherie Payton. My maiden name is Colson. I just recently got married in August 2020 during COVID. I've been, uh, I've been in the, I'm, I'm in the, I'm civilian um, nurse as well as a military nurse. Um, I've been doing both for quite a while. Uh, I have one daughter. Uh, I've done clinical nursing as well as administrative nursing, but I'm pretty sure that we'll get into um, that. I have been nursing for 31 years on the civilian side. That's quite a long time. And I will say 19 years on the military side, and both of them have been very rewarding. I've seen some things coming and going um, in this profession. Um, currently, some of the jobs that I've had um, in nursing, I've been, I started off as a mid-search nurse because when I went to school for nursing, and I'll tell you how I got into the nursing field, um, it was encouraged that all nurses start off with mid-search so you can get a great foundation. And I think that that was some good information and mentorship to give a young nurse. I think you need to go ahead and get your tools down um, at the base at the basic ground level before you go ahead and move yourself up. So how I got into nursing was at first I went to college for computer science and because I'm, I've always been really really good with math. However, I was bored with that, so I went and took an interest inventory test. And um, during my interest inventory test, it showed that everything was outstanding for medical. And so I said, okay, well, let me go ahead and go into the nursing field. And I tell you, um, it's been challenging yet rewarding at the same time. Uh, when, when, I, when I first got into the nursing field, some people were so surprised because they thought I was going to be afraid of blood. But I just went in there. I was highly motivated. And I just went up in there, did the job, learned, learned it. And, and I've just been thriving ever since in nursing. I've done med surge. I've done critical care. I did neurosurgery ICU for a couple of years. After I did neurosurgery ICU, I did recovery room. I've done operating room. I did, oh, I did operating room for at least 10 years. That was so much fun working in the operating room. But I left the operating room to go to intensive care because I knew that having the critical care background and experience would open up a lot of doors. So that's another thing to think about, um, going get that critical care experience after you get that mid-surge experience because it will open up a lot of doors. It'll tell you how to prioritize your time, how to triage patients. It's just a wealth of information when you start doing critical care. And as nurses, we get to see all of the systems that we get to critically think and see what's going on with our patients. And that is really, really rewarding besides the day-to-day -day activities on the mid-surge floor. So after I did critical care, that's when I went to the operating room. And of course, I got a vast knowledge of that. And I stayed in there for a while. It was a great time. But then I just started feeling like I just wanted to do more because in the operating room, you know, you're a circulator or you can actually do 
um, you can scrub in and do some cases. So I was afforded the opportunity to do both. I, I scrub and circulate. But then after a while, I just, um, I just wanted, I guess, just a little bit more. I guess I missed the bedside nursing. So in order for me to get back, my hands wet back into the bedside nursing, I went into the recovery room because that way I had a chance to have a idea of the operating room, you know, patients going in and out. And then I could always also keep my nursing skills up because I just felt like my nursing skills were um, falling a little bit in the operating room and I wasn't critically thinking as much. So the recovery room afforded me the opportunity to put those skills back in action you know, because when the patient comes out, you have to make sure that they're hemodynamically stable. So it then, you know, help them settle with their pain. But at the same time, you know, you're getting them in and out and you're getting a variety of patients. So then at the recovery room, I, I did, um, oh, I started doing some administrative stuff. I did something that's called utilization review. I did utilization review. So, and then, as I said, I've been in nursing for a while. I just told you 31 years. So I just started saying, well, I think I need to start doing the administrative side. So with that being said, I had my baccalaureate degree. I went back to Loyola University. I got my master's in healthcare systems management. So now, currently, I work in the director's office and I do process improvement. And I think um, maybe we'll get into that just a little bit later. I hope I didn't talk too much, but that's what I have to say. <laughs> want to tell you, I want to be like you when I grow up. You have done more than a little bit. Um, you, you have inspired me to try a couple of different things. Um, and so... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. One more thing I'm going to say. One more thing. I, I, I am in the military, so I have gone to Afghanistan. And during my Afghanistan tour, I was a critical care nurse, and I learned how to speak the Pashtun language, the local um, language of the people. So, yes, I have um, done that critical care nursing in a on a battleground. So, wow. yeah, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned that. Bravo. Very impressive resume. Oh, yes. So you said that you have been, I hate to say playing in the sandbox, but that's my favorite term, for over 30 years. Yes, ma'am. So nurses are often asked to work overtime, and um, how have you been able to create healthy boundaries between your professional, your military career, as well as your personal life so that you have a better work-life balance? How has that process been for you as you travel through the nursing profession? Okay, what I have done, um, and I think that I have to let that go back to my critical care skills, I've just been able to just put them in, in different type of buckets. Yes, I have been asked to I work overtime before, even in the recovery room sometimes, because you know there's always been like a nursing shortage. We could always use some more nurses. So sometimes what I would have to do, I, I would set up a, hmm, with my manager, I would make sure that she knows, you know, I can do overtime on, you know, maybe this week, but the next week I can't do it, especially I have a daughter. I do have a daughter, and when she was younger, you know, I would have to attend school activities and things of that nature. So uh, some of the times I would be able to help them out on the unit, and I just would talk to my manager, and we would just talk about that, but military-wise, um, I had to, uh, this is where my family gets involved, and they would have to help me out when our daughter, with my daughter 
when I would have to go on leave. So I just have a good, stable family foundation. So that really helps out. You know, family is everything. And when you have good family members that will come on in and help you out, like my mom, um, that makes all the difference in the world. And for my professional life, you know, like going to like different conferences and, and things of that nature, just have it a planned out activity, um, just have a good working calendar and making sure that I have everything in order. Okay. And that that was going to um, bring us into our next question, too, because I was just going to ask you, what do you do to um, grow professionally? But you said um, attending conferences, too. So I've learned so far, say no. So that's one thing that we can do to um, you set boundaries, say no, have a support system, make sure you plan things really well. So this is inspiring. We're excited. Yeah, to grow professional, definitely attend those CEUs mm -hmm. uh, when they offer those conferences. Also, just going back to school, like I said earlier, I got my master's degree. That's, and that's another reason why I chose the nursing profession, because you are always learning. I like to always have my mind engaged. So that was another reason why I did the nursing career. Along with other things um, to grow myself professionally, sometimes I would, if, if they had something like, um, like at the VA, I work at the VA hospital now too. At the VA, they have this, uh, I forgot what you call it, however, but you can shadow like a nursing supervisor or a nursing manager, getting into different type of any anytime they had something that they would offer, like I've, I've been into the Leadership Development Institute. I'm a graduate of LDI. Anytime they offer something that's going to help me grow professionally, I jump right on board and I get it. It sounds like you don't wait for opportunities to just fall in your lap. You you seek out well, opportunities I for growth out. and keep yourself current. Um, yeah, you know, reading your journals, yes, all of that. Mm -hmm. How have you been able to find mentors or role models in the profession? Um, do you feel that this is a practice that nurses need to do um, in finding a mentor or role model to help, to help kind of mm, keep them on track, for lack of a better way to put it? Oh, definitely. You need a mentor or a role model. My first, my first role model um, was a lady by the name of Jackie Hogan, and I picked her because she had some of the same principles that I thought were important. And when I heard her story, I was like, oh, I want to be like you when I grow up. This particular lady, she went from a nursing assistant to uh, the director of nursing at Turo Infirmary Hospital. So she really, she went from nursing assistant to LPN to registered nurse, um, diploma, BSN, MSN, doctorate. So I just, I, she was my role model. She was faculty at a school. Um, we have a school by the name of Dillard University here. She's faculty over there. So just talking to her, uh, just seeing what she did to, to make it that way. And when I see somebody doing something that is great or striving for excellence, I kind of like try to attach myself to them or, you know, just, just talk to them. Because most leaders, uh, 
you know, good leaders, they want to go ahead and, and provide because they know that we're the next ones coming up and we're going to have to lead the way to make sure that the nursing profession continues in a great way. And also, not only that, um, having positive role models that are good examples for me and that make me want to do something better, but also um, sometimes, you know, you have to look at, um, you know, your clinical practices, you know, see who, um, like evidence-based practice, these might not be people who you are with every day, but like I said, just reading in those journals, just seeing what's going on, just be enthusiastic about about learning. And you can go up to, um, you, you just have to see those people who are approachable. And it's pleasant people because I've had some people um, that have been managers that weren't quite so nice, and that's not what I wanted to be. Because, you know, sometimes at the beginning, like I said, I've been in the game for like 31 years, and I have started to see some transition with people being a little bit more compassionate. But at first, it was it was a little rough. And it, it, it may be because sometimes they create cultures, and, and some cultures of nursing, they feel like they have to have a bad attitude or be just really staunch about some things when they, when they really don't. I I patterned myself after people who would listen to people, get input from their staff, just people who were like democratic leaders, not not anyone that was too harsh, just somebody that that I really admired. Interesting. Um, so we know that you are a high leader in the military as a commander. So that's one way that you're serving the community and serving your country. Can you tell us some other ways that you're working right now to give back to the nursing profess profession and to your community? Absolutely. Well, I am a church nurse. Um, I work um, at my church, you know, I make sure to take care of the pastor if something's going on in the church. I, I have, um, had like health fairs, done that in the community. I actually was supposed to go to the um, a ministry for nursing and to help help my church out too. Uh, also, um, any time I see some type of activity that's going on, I try to get involved with it. Uh, let me see. Basically, I know it's the health fairs, and then sometimes when we have things going on at the VA, sometimes they have opportunities for the veterans to come in. Like I, I help with like with the homeless. I've been out there um, helping the VA. Um, like when we go out there and we have to check on the homeless veterans, make sure that they're good. So you know, helping out in that type of fashion. Like if there's something, when, this is when my daughter was little, like when um, they had something going on at her school and if they needed a nurse or some help, I would help out in that fashion as well. That's awesome. Thank you for your service. We do appreciate you serving your country and your community. I didn't even know that nursing ministry was a thing. So I'm glad you mentioned that today too. Oh, yes, yes. There's a school, you go to school for about nine months and you can get your ministry in nursing. I would have to, I have to get that information. It's it's not on the top of my head right now, but yeah. There's a school here for that. Commander Payton, I'm interested in that as well. Um, I okay. see that um, okay. as being something that I can add to my toolbox 
of tools. Mm-hmm. And Jamisha will tell you that I'm kind of like the information specialist. I know a little bit of, of everything. So I'm a, I'm a baby dangerous. Just baby dangerous. <laughs> but okay. just like you, I'm willing to share what I'm learning. Yeah. And yes, most, most definitely. We would, we would like for you to just take a minute and share with us one experience that you've had over your tenure that changed your practice and the way that you view diversity and inclusion in either the nursing profession or in the military. Okay. Well, what I would have to say about that is the job that I'm doing now. I'm what you call a RN lean facilitator. I'm the consultant in the, what we do, we do process improvement. So I'm the clinical consultant in the office because I'm working with engineers and health system specialists who don't really know about the clinical side of the hospital or the facility. So they often come to me and ask me because I'm the subject matter expert in that area. And how that experience has changed me because I'm seeing, I know about the clinical side really good, but now learning about the facility and how the facility is ran, learning about different type of measures. Like we have, I, I never knew about the sale measures or the heat, the, the, the HEMOC measures, uh, just, just learning about data and just knowing that what it takes to just run the facility and how it's, how I do with diversity and inclusion, when I have to do these projects with different teams, I make sure that I have, you know, fresh eyes, I have the subject matter experts, and I have the customers. So that way I am including everyone. And I just would recommend if there's any time when there's something that has to be done with evidence-based practice or if it's some type of project that they're doing in your hospital for process improvement, we're talking about um, change management here to make sure that um, the hospital is running good and, and you're really uh, thinking about the patient. I think that nurses need to get involved with that because then they can know the other side of the coin just besides the clinical side because that's just so important because believe it or not, if we don't meet certain measures, hospitals can shut down or close down. And there are certain things that we need to do in order to, besides the Joint Commission, okay, uh, there are other areas that we need to focus on. So the experience of being an RN lean facilitator, oh, yes, and I teach yellow belt and green belt because I have my black belt in Six Sigma. So, therefore, I get to teach process improvement. That's another thing that I've done. Um, as a nurse, I've been able to do that. Not so many nurses. I think they are starting to get into process improvement uh, right now because, you know, there's so many avenues that we have now. You can, uh, what's the name of the nurse that um, does, like, the templates and stuff? For the that's right. That's right. An informatic nurse. Uh, that's another way that you can see it. But, and and I've, I've worked with some informatic nurses. So that has been like the change for me because on the clinical side, you know, you're just so focused, which you should be, is giving that quality patient care to that patient, but also what, how can you make things better? And once again, have the diversity and inclusion because that's what's going to make things run a little bit more efficiently because everybody has something, um, 
when you get different ideas and you get different people involved and you include different people, like like in a huddle or something of that nature, you would just be surprised at what the outcome is. It'll, it's, it's just a great outcome. So I'm going to say being that, that lean facilitator, or that systems redesign coordinator that I am now has, has really um, made a change in my life. Yeah, because it sounds like you have direct impact over that. And then being a minority as a nurse, you can be the change that you want to see. So that's amazing. Yeah, and with that, I'm I'm the improvement advisor at my VA. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when they need to talk about process improvement, they have to, you know, come to me. Or I I just see how they can make things better, yes. And that was another uh, that was another school that I sought out. It's called the uh, Improvement Advisor Academy. That was something else I did as a nurse. <laughs> so yeah, I go out and I, I see what all I can do to help myself grow. It sounds as if that you open doors just by sheer will to make sure that you become the practitioner you envision for yourself. How have you found ways to keep that dream going in the profession? What do you do when you hit a spot where it's like, hmm, I'm not sure I like this. How do you change trajectory? And I can say this, you you know, everybody has a coworker who um, complains about the unit, who complains that something is always wrong. You know, how do you avoid being that person? How do you continue to seek opportunities and say, okay, this must be a transitional time as opposed to staying and being that complaining nurse that everybody hears? Mm-hmm. I think this is when my faith steps in for me. Um, I'm just I'm just encouraged that I just have a positive outlook. Sometimes there are some negative people around you. I'm really trying to think about okay, like when I'm really trying to think about like when I really wanted to make that change. I just would know I would just go to the the next level. And I just would wait for that change to come. I mean, I, I would seek it out. Sometimes the change doesn't come as quick as you would like it to come, but it's usually right on time. So I, I, so just, I just make the best of the situation until my change comes. Cause, and I just really try to encourage other folks that's around me. Usually, I mean, it's very... It's very rare. You know, people ask me all the time, well, how are you just so happy all the time? What is there to really be sad about when you can see another day or, and when you think about it, and especially in this nursing profession, we see sometimes the sick and the indigent, and you have the capacity to have the faculty of your mind and working extremities. You don't have any, you just have to be just so thankful. I don't, I don't know if that's because of with age, but I want to say even as a young person, I just, I just was just grateful. You know, when you are, when you are a nurse and, and you see these people, and trust me, I have even prayed for some of my patients and prayed with my patients. 
it's just me. I don't know. I can't really. I will make transition. I will make change. Mm -hmm. uh, but I can't really complain about it. We have learned so much from you today. So many useful tools and tips and we're so inspired. I'm in awe, and I know Hope is too, you know, as she has stated to me. I we hope learned. I help someone. I know you have, you know, we've learned to say no, have a support system, planning, seek growth opportunities, stay current on nursing, get a mentor, lead by example, and have faith. Those are all the things that, you know, key takeaways from this podcast. And I think that this was a really, really good um, interview, and I'm so glad that you were able to join us today, Commander. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, Commander Payton. Thank you so very much. Welcome. Thank you all for joining Nursing Blind Spot, and we look forward to having you listen to us on our next episode. <laughs>